You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on this season of Bachelor in Paradise and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 356. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Old school today, Kelly Joe Higgins, the runner-up on Bob Guinea's season, season four of The Bachelor, joins us for this podcast, and we will get to that momentarily. Kelly Joe came about because of the Vice show, Dark Side of the 2000s, that aired about, what was it, three weeks ago now? And in that special, they did an hour retrospective on the Bachelor franchise, a lot about Mike Fleiss. A lot of the footage was from the earlier seasons. And Kelly Joe was one of the six main people that they interviewed in present day to talk about how the show was in its early go-round. And when they talked to Kelly Joe, they had a particular segment where they had a screenshot of my old website where I used to, obviously, for years, I've written recaps of this show, and they said a blogger by the name of Reality Steve called her Kelly Ho, which I did, which was utterly stupid and ridiculous and something I obviously regret. It was accepted at the time, doesn't make it right, but... I reached out to Kelly right after that episode aired on Facebook. She responded right away. She obviously, you know, 20 years later, she's married. She has kids. She's not um, offended by it. She wasn't offended by it at the time because I even asked her, you'll hear in the interview, did you even know I was saying this about you? And she said no. So she wasn't really aware back then of what was being said. And that was in the very, very early stages of my website. That might have been the first season that it actually was, I was doing recaps that were on a website. Because remember, if you've heard the story, I've told it a thousand times. My recaps for The Bachelor and The Bachelorette started out as an email to three of my friends. And they started forwarding it on to people who then started emailing me saying, can I be on your email list? And I just can't remember which seasons I did. I know Joe Millionaire was the first one I ever did. The first season of Joe Millionaire back in 02 or whenever it aired. And then the next dating show happened to be Trista's season of The Bachelorette. So I covered that. And then the next season would have been Andrew Firestones. I can't remember if Firestones would have been on my website, if I had established a website at that point or not. But Bob Guinea's season, which what Kelly Joe was on, and was the runner-up, he was season four. So he might have been the first season I had a website. Whatever the case may be, reached out to Kelly Joe on <clears throat> Facebook. She responded right away, said, love to have you on the podcast. We can talk a little bit about the Vice show and then just talk about Bob's season and everything that's happened. You know, what have you been up to since then? And she said, yeah, I'd love to do it. So that's what spurned me putting uh, Kelly Joe on the show, because look, we've talked about this a thousand times uh, when it comes to my old writings. I'm not proud of it. Uh, I have deleted everything pre-2016 
it's off of my web, like through realitysteve.com. You can't go on any sort of archives through realitysteve.com. It wasn't until that episode aired that I realized not everything is scrubbed from the internet. There is a website out there that takes screenshots of uh, other uh, of websites from years ago, and so unfortunately, you'd have to do a little bit of digging, but you could you could find it, and that's probably how they found that um, those old writings. But yeah, I mean, we've talked about this. It's just it was accepted at the time. It's just it's crazy to look back on it to see what people like myself and Perez Hilton were were saying and getting away. I'm putting myself in the same category as Perez Hilton. He was way more popular than I was. But just the fact of what websites could do and what they could say and um, yeah, just silliness, just, you know, trying to get a rise out of people saying shock value stuff, being a you know, quote unquote shock jock. And yeah, it was just silly. That's why I deleted everything in 20, uh, back in 2021. I just deleted everything pre 2016, I believe you can't get it through my website. So for the most part, people aren't, uh, you know, going through it, but Kelly Joe was great. I hope you really liked this conversation. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I can tell you that yesterday I recorded next week's podcast with Cheryl Burke from Dancing with the Stars, a show that I've watched literally since season one, and it's no joke. I've pretty much seen every episode of Dancing with the Stars since season one, and I've never interviewed anybody from the show. Now, when I think about it, I may have interviewed somebody who was on the show as a contestant. Uh, Nick was a contestant on... Dance with the Stars. I went on his podcast, uh, Sean Lowe. Yeah, I technically have interviewed somebody uh, from Dance with the Stars. I'm talking about any of the pros. Never interviewed any of them. And I've always been interested in Cheryl's story because I said this on the Daily Roundup today, and I'll say it again here, is that Cheryl came on the show in season two. She was not on the first season. The first season only had six people on it. Like, it was just, you know, ABC was trying out a new show. They had no idea if it was going to last. They had six people on it. It was like Kelly Monaco, John O'Hurley, Trista Sutter, and I can't remember the other three people. But there was only six contestants. And what happened? So they had a season two. Cheryl Burke comes on the show as a pro dancer, and she gets Drew Lachey, and she wins. And then in season three, she's obviously invited back. She gets Emmett Smith, and she wins. So in my mind, back in those days, Cheryl Burke was the number one woman that you remember the number one female dancer that you remember pro female dancer from that show that you immediately associated with dance with the stars. At least I did because I was like, wow, she's, she's the best one. She wins every season, even though those are the only two seasons she ended up winning. She had 25 of the 32 seasons. Now that the 32nd season cast was announced yesterday, Cheryl has retired from the show and we talk about her retirement, but 25 of the 32 seasons it's it's an amazing run that she had and she obviously is much more her story is way deeper than just a professional dancer on dancing with the stars if you don't know her backstory um it's pretty tragic very rough childhood um she was physically abused uh and sexually abused as a child uh from a 60 year old man that was a mailman babysitter that her mom hired, um, or the family hired. I, you know, I don't want to pin this on her mother, but 
uh, we we discuss that. She's been very open about this in the past in interviews. We talk about her, you know, being an alcoholic. She is now five years sober. So, um, you know what? I, I totally blanked. on I, I should have. We talk about her sobriety. It just bothers me now that I think about it. I never said congratulations on your sobriety of five years. I I brought it up. I said, I think I believe I said five years, but I should have followed it up with congratulations. That bothers me that I didn't say that. And then we talk about her divorce briefly that she finalized last year, which she found out was finalized. She read it on social media. So it's a really good interview. That'll run next week. Uh, as the weekly interview. And one of the reasons we did do the interview as well is because she has a podcast launching on Monday called Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans. Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans launches next week. So we we spent the first 20 minutes of the podcast kind of talking about that and kind of going over Dance with the Stars stories. So it's a really, really good interview. I'm so happy. This was the one I referred to back in, I believe, May. I started telling you people, I reached out to somebody on Instagram, reached out to their PR team. They said, check back later on this summer. I put a note in in my phone to email the PR person back in mid-August. I did. They responded right back. They remembered my email, and they said, yeah, let's do it. And they said, three weeks ago, they said, let's do it September 13th at 10 a.m. Pacific. And I said, okay. And so very professional. Uh, Whoever is running Cheryl's PR side, I I find that very professional because not a lot of people would do that. They would just kind of blow it off. Because when someone says email me back in three months, you know, it's like, okay, is this really going to happen? And this person who is running her PR could never have been nicer and responded to everything. So that's going to run next week. Can't wait to be able to hear it. But this week, a really good trip down memory lane uh, with podcast number 356. All right, let's bring her in. Uh, You saw her first on Bob Guinea's season of The Bachelor back in season four. She was most recently featured on Vice's Dark Side of the 2000 special on The Bachelor, it is Kelly Joe Higgins. Kelly Joe, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Uh, I want to emphasize something right here. It is Kelly Joe Higgins, not Kelly Ho. And I want to <laughs> I want to jump into this because I can't believe of all the things to focus on in this franchise when Vice ran their special uh, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> They brought up the fact that on my website 20 years ago in 2003 when this was airing, uh, a blogger out there by the name of Reality Steve decided to call you and nickname you Kelly Ho when you were on the show. I've already um, apologized to you privately. I'll apologize to you publicly as well. It was so stupid. You know why? Because when you look back on it, I know it's different times now and back in 2003, it was kind of just accepted that this was language you could run with. The thing was, it's not like you did anything that was, you know, quote unquote, hoe worthy. You literally, what, got into a hot tub with a guy? Like, it wasn't even, it, and, and like, if your name was Kelly Jane, I probably wouldn't have called you anything. Like, it was just, oh, her name's Joe. Oh, right, hoe rhymes with Joe. Oh, how, how hilarious I am. You know, just... So yeah, you realize you could have been canceled. You'd be canceled now if you did that. Oh, one thousand percent. I mean, I just. So I apologize for being so stupid. And the oh fact my gosh, that it was even brought up on the show is even dumber. 
Yeah, I agree. It's we chatted about a lot of things, and just like any shows, they edit what they want. So that's what they ran with, which is interesting. But you don't have to apologize, honestly. When I was back when I was twenty three, I knew what I was signing up for. I had been in the so one called like commercial industry for years, and I knew what when you sign up for a reality show, you pretty much sign your life away. So. Yeah. <laughs> That being said, I knew that there is a chance that A, they could edit me a certain way and B, they could, there's other areas out there that, you know, there's criticism and there's also, of course, people that fall in love with you as a character, not as a human being. So you can call me whatever you want. And you know what? It rhymes with ho. So, hey, <laughs> you ran with it. <laughs> Did you, by, by, any, by any chance, back in 2003, were you aware of me? Did you know I was calling you this? Because I did it every single call. no. No, I had no idea, okay. only because, of course, back then there was no social media, and there was yeah. only, I think they only had an ABC, I think it was just like a random, it was a station blog where you could go on and see some links of people commenting on the show, yeah. but there was nothing out there, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, I, this was 2003, so it was like the early, early, like it was... Before it was known as websites, yeah. they were just like blogs, and I and it while it was reality. I don't even think they were called. Yeah, I mean it yeah, was. They it was weren't so even weird. called blogs. I think they were threads, or I can't even remember what they were called back then. But I mean, to put it in perspective, to actually apply for the show, I had to use a dial-up computer, which people who are listening probably know don't even know what a dial-up is. So that's how long ago it was. <laughs> and most of our shows that the episodes that I've seen, I've had to pull out an old VCR to watch it on a v VHS. So yeah. it's old. <laughs> and, you know, it's crazy. You know, it's kind of just doing some research and wanting to talk to you about your season with Bob. Bob's season, most seasons, if you just Google, you know, The Bachelor season eight or whatever, it has a pretty fairly good rundown. If you look at the Wikipedia page of the dates and stuff like that for your season, it's just a lot of it has been scrubbed. So you're going to kind of have to refresh my memory. So I want to start with this. Obviously, Bob was on Trista's season of The Bachelorette. Where were you? Obviously, you were single, but where were you relationship-wise when you sat down and decided, I want to apply to be on The Bachelor? Were you fresh out of a relationship? Was it, oh, I'm going to get back at my ex no. and do this? Where were you at? Absolutely not. So I was 23 at the time. And I actually 22 at the time when I applied, I turned 23 when I flew out there to film. So 22 when I applied. So baby, I, I'm like closer, my, my oldest daughter is closer to that, that age now, which is really scary to say, but, <laughs> no. um, yeah, I just said that out loud. Anyway, so 22, my, I had never watched a reality show ever. I was living in Michigan. My sister was living in Chicago, my older sister she had watched Trista's show and thought it was hilarious. And she's like, Oh my goodness, my sister would be so funny on this. If it was a guy she was vying for with 25 other women. So I had gone home for a mother's day weekend and we of course had too many cocktails and we went upstairs and did the online online application. And I had no idea what I signed up for. <laughs> so when I, and, and she answered all the questions for me, so probably highly inappropriate. And then we started talking about it more and she's like, I dare you. If you actually do this, you have to say yes. If they call you back, I dare you to do it. So really it was on a dare. I didn't even know the preface of the show. I didn't know who it was. I, I had no idea. 
And then I watched an episode because there was two shows in between Bob. So it was Firestone. No, sorry. It was, I think Firestones. And then there was another guy. Um, well, Bob was regardless. Yeah. Bob was season four. So the four. Se- second season was Aaron so Berge was, and then Firestone was three yeah. and Bob was four. Yeah. Right. So it was Berge and Firestone in between. So I watched one of Berge and I was like, Oh no, what have I done? And then that's when the phone, phone call started. <laughs> and then I thought, you know, what, why not? I was dating a bunch of people and I thought, Hey, this could be super fun. I'm highly competitive. I loved the idea of, of course, being flown out to LA and having fun. And I was young, so I knew this wasn't going to be something that um, was going to define me as a human being. So <laughs> I said, why not? And off I went. <laughs> so at what point during casting did you find out Bob was going to be your bachelor? I They didn't tell about six of us. It was part of kind of their casting mastermind. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they picked, I think, whom they thought were going to be the final probably six. And what they did was um, they almost did it like an old school publisher's clearinghouse when they got the B-roll and everything of showing that it was us. And so there was only a handful of those that were surprised at their homes that they made the show that knew it was Bob. And I think... So it was myself and Estella in the end, but Estella was one of them that knew it was Bob and she was really excited. Myself, I believe Meredith didn't know. I could be wrong on this. I don't think Mary knew. And so that's down to the final three of the girls that did not know. Actually, two of us knew and Estella knew, but it was weird how they did it. So, so many of them were like vying for his attention. And then on, gosh, I think it was two days before the actual limo day. So first day of of filming is when the, I found out that it was Bob. Wow. So they didn't, they kept you in suspense for a while, which is kind of what they do now. It all depends. I mean, this season, you know, the next bachelor season starts filming in about three weeks. All the women know who the next bachelor is because they announced him on the, after the final rows of the bachelorette season. But normally they do the same thing. They kind of, they definitely interview contestants and have final casting weekend with everybody that's being interviewed, not knowing who the bachelor is. And their job is to cast a television show, not let's cast the 25 most perfect women for this particular guy. They're only looking for a few and then everyone else is just filler and let's see what we can do for TV. So, um, but interesting back then, yeah, you know, on, on season four, it's like, okay, maybe was it different back then? It sounds like, no, not really. They kept everybody in suspense or a lot of you in suspense. So you were single. You go on the show. You're from Michigan. You're flown out to L.A. You're doing that. When you arrived that first night on the house, I don't know, can you put yourself back 20 years from now and remember how you were feeling? Did you immediately get – were you intimidated by anybody? Did you see anybody and be like, oh, wow, they're going to be competition? Or was it just, hey, I'm just here to have fun. I'm, not gonna, I'm probably not going to last very long. I'm just – I'm having fun. Or did you want to win right off the bat? Well, yeah, I think um, the intimidation started when we were all in the hotel when we couldn't leave our rooms. Yeah. And I remember peeking out and I was seeing some of the camera crew do some B-roll of some of the girls that for some reason they were allowed to go by the pool. And I remember seeing some of them. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm in the, over my head, you know, one looked of course like way more mature and older than me. And then 
another was just absolutely drop dead gorgeous. And I'm definitely, I'm not saying that I'm not attractive, but I, in the end, you know, I'm more like a skipper, not like a Barbie doll. (laughs) And I just remember thinking like, man, like I feel good about myself, but this is going to be nuts. Like it's definitely like a beauty contest in the, in the first. So we all get put into this room and I remember standing there going, Oh my goodness. I, I wonder if I'm going to even be his type. Like this is so strange putting your psyche and I'm like an intelligent, obviously very determined human being. I was really successful in school and in sport and all of the things, but it like really strips you down when you're put in a room with all of these same type of women that you actually think you are. And you're like, Whoa, okay. Game on. (laughs) So I guess that intimidation there, it's really smart on how they do it. Um, because all you're thinking about, because you can't have contact with anybody in the outside world is what's next kind of, you know, so that next spot was being thrown into this room and we, none of us were in glam yet, which made it even worse. So when we all got in the limos, I was like, okay, now everybody's even 10 times more pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when, when you knew it was Bob and you found out it was Bob, what did you know about him? Did you, were you aware of everything that went down on? On Trista's season was no. when you knew it was him. Was he your type? Was he was he someone you were attracted to? No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I um, when I found out, I ended up um, I was I like asked I kind of the questions to the producers. I was like, I need background. I want to know. So they showed me a picture, um, and then I was just like, I was like, wow, like he's done a lot of work on his body because he did a lot to lose weight and of course get fit as they make most of the bachelor and bachelorette do. Um, it was just really impressive to me. Plus he was an athlete. He was from the Midwest. Um, uh, he was from Michigan. I was living in Michigan because that's where I went to college. So I was like, okay, well we're probably similar backgrounds. His parents were still together. Like there was a lot of similarities and I was like, okay. And then I heard he was just absolutely hilarious. So I'm like, well, I love a good sense of humor. And at that time I was like super, you know, I was so open-minded. I wasn't laser focused that this man was going to be my husband. I was just excited for the process of the crazy journey that the bachelor turned out to be for me. Um, And it was just, it was one of those, you know, like, yes, was I, did I think I could be attracted to him? Of course. And then on the other hand, it was, I was just actually more intrigued because, he obviously had something that a huge network had and wanted in him. They wouldn't cast somebody who's just subpar. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was, I remember specifically, and it might've happened in the seasons before it, but I don't think so. This was the first bachelor season. I remember where, when the limos were pulling up, I'm sure it was at the suggestion of producers, but the women were screaming, Bob in the limo and I remember that and I remember Chris Harrison even saying like we got more applications for Bob season than ever before and just like they kind of said yeah. that, they kind of said that every season after that but I remember that and being the first that's season pretty much what I was yeah, yeah that's what I was told too is that he was there were so many applicants yeah and I almost felt a little bit bad because I didn't know exactly who or what he was about yeah. and same I think I think the girls in my limo were all of them new. I think I remember pulling up and they were so excited. Um, and I just, I mean, I, of course, there was excitement too, but it was just interesting 
to see the dynamic of the girls that knew who he was and then the girls that were just kind of there cast into the, into the storyline. And that was me. <laughs> yeah. So it starts, there's 25 women the first night. This is when they literally went down to 15 on night one. I mean, now yeah. you're, you still yeah. have over 20 left on night one. So you go from 25 to 15, you survived the first rose ceremony. I don't believe there was first impression rose given out on those dates. And when I'm reading some of the no, episodes... No, but I got the first rose. Oh, you so did? I, I, I consider myself the first impression. Oh, how about that? <laughs> well, the other thing... I'm, I'm just lo- kidding. In looking at it, and looking at the actual episode descriptions, if you just Google Wikipedia, it doesn't give women's names, but it does say... And I don't even remember this. So in episode three, which aired October 8th, 2003, uh, almost, we're coming up on <laughs> 20 years ago... It says the women vote on who they think is most and least compatible with Bob. The selected women receive individual dates with Bob. Do you remember who received those? I don't. Uh, Yes, I do. And I remember the chaos it created. We were all, our cast actually was pretty great. There was not a lot of drama at all and I think they were like okay this is going to be a really boring show if it continues like this so they needed to create some situation where there would be kind of lines drawn to put it lightly and Meredith at the time we all thought were front runner so Meredith got one of the dates I believe Leanne um got the fairy tale date out of it but I don't remember I think only two it wasn't I think only two got, we had to choose between most compatible and least compatible. And those yeah. two got the dates. And you think it was Meredith and And I believe and it was, yes, I think it was Meredith and Leanne. Gotcha. I know for sure it was Meredith. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, compatible. I don't remember Leanne at all. Obviously, I remember Meredith because she was a former podcast guest. She went on to be Bachelorette. Um, but I thought that was, yeah. I thought that was interesting. And then... Um, for episode four, it says the woman voted least compatible last week goes on individual date with Bob. The remaining 10 go on group dates. Week five, Jamie shows up, who's Bob's friend that was on Trista's season with him. Um, and they move into the ladies' villa and pick the three women who will go on one-on-one dates with Bob. Did you get one of those? I did. Okay. What did you do? On yours. I got the stay at home date where we cooked lobster and steak and barbecued. And of course they threw me in another hot tub. (laughs) Well, that's what they do on this show. Yeah. Everybody got the super fancy dates. I feel like I was the girl that always just got the, the either stay at home and then hot tub. And then even our overnight date, I think Estella got Belize. I believe Mary got this, I think Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and I got Alaska. <laughs> okay, so I was... Sounds great for everyone, but I was from Chicago, and now living in Canada, I was like, okay. <laughs> because, you know, I talk about Jamie showed up, three women were chosen for, for one-on-one dates. The very next episode was Hometowns. So, obviously, after you got that yes. one-on-one, you got a hometown, you went to Michigan, and then for week seven, it showed... The final three women got to go on individual exotic dates, including kayaking, dog sledding, swimming with sharks. Well, clearly dog sledding yeah. was Alaska. <laughs> Your, I don't, God, I don't yeah. remember that at all. I do remember back in the day I, 
your seasons, it was um, when they did overnight dates, they actually did them in three different locations. Now they do it all in the same location yeah. to save money. But so yeah. you said it was you in Alaska. One of them was, uh, I'm assuming swimming with sharks was Belize, or maybe that was kayaking. I don't know which one was which. but Yeah, Jackson Hole was kayaking. Kayaking, okay. Swimming with sharks was Belize. So Jackson Hole, Wyoming, Alaska, and Belize for overnight dates, which is really, yeah. it's. I mean, it's. I don't know what, I can't remember what season it switched over, where they're just like, no, we're not going three different places for, for overnights, because we're already going to four different places for hometowns, so... I guess it makes sense, you know, logistically, just to have everyone yeah, in the same area. They just, and they didn't have, they didn't know it was up or down still back then. They were still, I mean, season four, think about how many seasons there's been, and they didn't yeah. have the budget that they have. I mean, now going all over in Europe, and I guess it makes it easier when they stay put. But I just, for us, it was, we were all over the place. Um, you know, and even, I still remember, like, they put me up, in, so my hometown wasn't in Michigan. I was working in Michigan. I w- we went to Chicago because that's where my family is. Yeah. And so in Chicago, I remember they put me up in this super small little hotel room that was only five minutes from my house. And I just said, well, we could stay at my house. <laughs> and my mom was like, come on. And the producer was like, no, we have to stay here. You cannot have contact with your parents until you see them. Yeah. So... That's, anyway, regardless, it's just funny how you know you look at you look at the huge budget they have now compared to what we did, and it it just is it's really it just makes me giggle. Yeah, I mean it's it's the same. I, I tell this to everybody. It's the same premise. It's been the same premise ever since this show started. You know, one lead. There's group yeah. dates. There's solo dates. There's rose ceremonies. Yep. There's eliminations. It's just everything around it has changed. The biggest thing probably being the social media aspect of the show, and now women and men can come off the show and get, you know, full-time influencer jobs when that just wasn't even a a thing back in 2003. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah. So you ended up getting to the final two. And I ask anybody this who got uh, any former guest who was either the winner or in second place, if you can put yourself back to that morning waking up. By the way, where was your final rose ceremony location? I don't even remember. It was in Malibu. Oh, so you didn't even get to go really go anywhere. For, I mean, it was by the mansion. No, we okay. went, we went back, <laughs> and then we were staying in hotels. So after your home, after your hometown, we were placed in hotel rooms. Yeah, and then so we don't live with the with the other ladies. You have a handler back then, whereas now they still stay and actually have to face the ladies even after the more intimate dates and obviously hometowns when it gets more serious and. It's just, I, I will look at that and I am like, that's where they smartened up and made it really dramatic yeah. <laughs> because I, I know, I mean, Mary, even early on, she was really falling in love with him early and she couldn't handle us talking about dates. So I can't even handle, I, I just, as a human being, it would have been hard for me to even see her after my hometowns and overnight, <laughs> you just. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm fortunate that we didn't have to live together. It was good that we were all apart, and I loved our handler. My handler was so amazing. I think she went on to be a big producer of the show, so I had the best time because she was younger, and we just it was like a buddy I was hanging out with. Anyway, yeah. that was a sidebar. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Back to the final. So you, I mean, Meredith, the final Meredith finished fourth, and then Mary got eliminated after the overnights. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. So you and yes. Estella yes. are. And final then it two. was. Estelle and I. Yep. 
Did you so, think um, waking up that morning? Did you think you were winning? Do you think he was picking you, and were you ready to get engaged, or whatever? He yeah. Did? So he he the night before he had told me, and obviously this was producer pushed, and I, without me knowing. But now that I know, kind of how it went down. So he pretty much told me that he was going to pick me, and so I was. 100% I was like oh, okay but I we had discussed I didn't want to get engaged because I was 23 and we had a big long conversation after hometowns because his mom kept asking me about um, babies and work and I said well I just got my first job and I had to say goodbye to it and I would like to start I'm only 23 and not ready to have kids yet and so we had discussions about that, just about future stuff, but nothing super serious. So it was more or less, this is what's going to happen and we can figure it out after. And, um, and he's like, I, I still have some things to figure out. And he kept just saying, you're going to be okay. And I was like, okay, that's great. You know, excited for like our next step to figure out what we're going to do. I get to dropped off at by the limo. I see Chris Harrison. I walk down and, I look at him, smile, he starts to spiel, then he says, however, and if you watch any of that footage, I literally, like, yank my hands away, and I turn, I can't even look at him, because I'm pissed, because he lied to me, and then I look around at all the producers, and they're running around, because I think they thought that my reaction, I was going to either push him in the pool, <laughs> you could see that this, this was kind of like a, all right, KJ's going to lose her mind right now because she's been lied. Like they just knew. So I just sort of like, no, I'm not going to let them win. So sure enough, he walks me out. And as I get into limo, he hands me a note. And in the note, it says, I told you that this path, you were going to be okay. Believe me, you'll find out soon. And I have the note and come to find out I was going, I was set to be the ne next bachelorette before Meredith. And then right they had done a ton of B-roll. They had flown me back to LA. They had gone and done a bunch of stuff with my best friend and my family in Chicago. They had cast half of the show already. And then about, I think, three weeks before I was supposed to fly out and start, ABC and Mike Sprites pulled it, and it was Meredith. And I remember the call from Jason Carbone, who was the producer, who was obviously on, and actually he confirmed all of this with me when we were doing um, the Vice TV, because I got to see him in LA, which was great. And he's like, I still to this day don't know what happened. All I knew is I was the one that had to call you and I was heartbroken because you were super excited to do it. And I remember sitting there going, how does this happen? How do you suck someone in? You take, you know, I had no job. I wasn't even doing it for a ton of money where the principals now make so much more money and then Meredith got it. And then when I chatted with Meredith, when, cause I still was under contract, I moved back into Meredith's house. I realized that a lot of the guys that were in her house were actually cast for me. They were younger. They were all my profile. It was really weird. Like it was just one of those moments where I'm like, I get what happened. It was either age or demographic or Mike Slice or whomever at ABC just said, no, this is not going to work. It's interesting. And there you have it. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, it's really interesting. And we don't know the answer. I mean, that's the thing that sucks is I was that was going to be my next question is like, wait a second. Did you ever hear or did you ever get an explanation no. as to why you weren't chosen? Not not even one. Hmm. 
You know, it's funny because now that I'm thinking back, I mean, I interviewed Meredith. It had to be at least four or five years ago. And I now I'm wondering, I remember talking to her, talking about, you know, we, we did the timeline with her. I interviewed her, talked to her first about her time on Bob's season and then transitioning into The Bachelorette. And now, because it was so long ago, I'm completely blanking. But something in my mind is telling me when I asked Meredith about Bachelorette, she told me that it was almost like a last second deal. So it's not like yeah. she knew she had, I don't think she lied about it when she was on there with me, but that's what's sticking out of my head. I could be wrong, but I, I kind of yeah. remember her saying something no, to the effect of it was, I wasn't even expecting it or it was very last second. They called me and I was like, and now that you say that, I'm like, Oh, okay. So we don't know the answer though. Why, yeah, why and, the switch? Yeah, exactly. And it's just, I remember moving in and a lot of the guys were, there was one that was kind of like gravitating towards me a lot. And I'm like, what is happening? And I remember him saying to me, I was, I was under the impression that it was you. We were told that it was you. And then there was other guys and Meredith was awesome. And one of my really good friends on the show. And I was so happy for her to get cast as well. Like if it wasn't me, I wanted it to be her. And it was great because hearing like how they threw the, the group. So the, there was a bunch, cause she was quite a bit older. Well, for me, it, she was in her thirties. I was in my twenties. Right. Yeah. So a lot of the other guys were artistic and some were chefs and that's, you know, it was just interesting because you could see that there was only half of them that were a little bit of more her age. And I remember being like, well, they probably would have never cast someone that was 35 or older for me. Yeah. So those guys must have been cast last minute too, which is really interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you say that you moved into Meredith's place and you spoke to these guys, wait, what were you talking about? When did, did you show up on Meredith's season? I don't remember. Yeah, so I was the friend, just like Jamie was on Bob's show. I was the friend because I'm still, of course, under contract after they pulled the Bachelorette from me. Gotcha. They okay. gotcha. I I moved in as Meredith's friend. For how many episodes? And I honestly, were you on? And I just I just the one episode oh, where one. Okay. you know I I slept there one night with her best friend. Her best friend's name was TJ at the time, and um, so myself and him we were the best friends that interviewed the guys and that's how I got to realize the reality of it I'm like I'm talking to half of the cast that was cast for what would have been my bachelorette show gotcha that's interesting so yeah it was really really interesting yeah that's well it's crazy that when you said going back to the final rose ceremony where Bob literally hands you a note and you know telling you you'll be okay and then you start, and then yeah. the, so basically, I, I don't know how soon after that limo ride. Once he dumped you, how soon after that limo ride did Bachelorette talk start up? Where they're like, okay, we need to start filming stuff. Let's film your friend. Let's film you with your family. All that stuff. Looking into contract. How soon after? Oh, it was probably, I would say, two months. Okay. It was. I think it was into. Right at the end of airing, when all of the press was done, when we finished, like, all of the press junkets, and I call it press junkets now, but it's not. It, it was just, like, the press tour that we had to do with radio and all of the ABC, and that's when they started trying to figure out who was next. Okay. Did you, by any chance, stay friends with... Because Bob and Estella broke up fairly quickly, if I remember correctly. 
did you ever speak to Estella post show and talk to her? Were you oh, ever yeah. close with her? And what did what did she say about the whole experience? Did she think that she was going to win, or she didn't know? Well, I never talked to her. We never talked about like oh, how about her night before was, but yeah. she also was really confident. So mm. I don't know the rundown of what was told for to her. But her and I, it was so fun, even after, probably similar to what, you know, comparative to doing some of the, the cast and alum do now, is a lot of charity stuff. And she was in, a, she was living in Beverly Hills at the time. So I flew out and we did a great charity event together. I think Jamie actually was with us um, and another one of, one of the guys from Trista's show. We um, did some charity stuff together. Her and I flew out to... New York and did Maxim magazine. So we stayed in touch. It was really fun. And, you know, even through, they were broken up early on. So it was just fun for us to kind of get together. And we always wanted to get our crew back together just because I feel like our cast is a bit of like the rogues cast. Cause you really can't find any footage of us. Yeah, I know. So, um, yeah. And I talked to, um, one of the gals, her name Jenny, um, I've stayed in touch just with social media. It's been way easier to stay in touch. We have a thread. Um, unfortunately, one of the gals who was um, closer to the final, she might have been final eight. She recently passed away. So all of us kind of got together just on a thread on Facebook and we're chatting. And uh, who was, it? you know, just it, it was a misty rake. Oh, yes. Yes, I, re- I do remember that. That was... Um... Yeah, she was like this sweet little cheerleader. She was another one of the younger girls on our team, but uh, or on our cast, but she... Uh, it was really sad, her story. But it's we we keep up. It, we're not all like bestest of friends, of course, but I think the two that I've spoken with the most would be Meredith and Estella. Still to this day, or no? Estella, yes. Like she just recently got married, and we chatted for a little bit. And she's doing great, not on the phone, but it's obviously through social media. And then Meredith and I had um, chatted a couple years ago. Just we did a long catch up on the phone, and she was doing much better, and um, she seemed good. I haven't chatted with her. I don't. I haven't heard from her at all. Um, but she, you know, it, it's just nice to chat with girls that have just this crazy experience that we all. It is a crazy experience in this bachelor world. And then I was just in Denver on a girl's trip. And sure enough, I got a message from Trista, who obviously just came up that she was moving to Denver from Vail. And we were going to try to get together, but um, it didn't work out with our schedules. So it was just interesting because I was on Trista and Bob, um, the almost famous when they were filling in for Ashley and um, Ben Higgins. Yeah. I was on that podcast with them. So it was just, so we've, since chat and we we touch base every once in a while nice yeah i mean it's obviously yeah. it's a different it's a different show now but still you know when when the vice show aired the vice show was very about you know exposing all the basically deep dark secrets about the show and i wouldn't even call them you know they're certainly not secrets anymore the show's been on 20 years i think people people are very well aware of producer manipulation on this show and vice just you know, got into like the deep, deep manipulation that goes on and stuff like that. Did you, did you ever experience anything like that? Were you ever told to say anything? Were you ever told to act a certain way or did they reshoot anything? They tried, they tried their hardest with me, but I just kept saying, first of all, I'm not redoing anything. I'm not a paid actor. Yeah. And I'd grown up in the commercial world in Chicago. So I knew 
at least I had my wits about me with that. And then we figured out ways to have them not have the cameras around us. We'd all jam into a bathroom. And back then, they weren't allowed to bring the cameras in the bathroom um, because they were still affiliated with the ABC family, which was great for us. And then, yeah, there was a lot of things that I think we, as a cast, knew what we could do. We started swearing a lot because back then, they couldn't couldn't beep out swears. (laughs) So... And then during interviews, they would really try to manipulate different ways to say that. And I would just stop. I'd be like, no, I, w- I wouldn't say that in my real life. So, you know, I'm not going to say that. Yeah. And the producers, I think, got to the point where they knew I wouldn't do it. I think still other cast members and even to this day, a lot of cast do it just because people don't know better. Yeah. No, it is. But it- that's, that's, that's reality. That's, I mean, <laughs> if you don't have a script, a producer will try to get you to say something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing where people, I mean, even fans today, even though this show has been on, it's at 47 seasons and 20 years, people will still always ask the question, is the show scripted? And while it's not scripted to where, here, Kelly Joe, we're handing you a script, memorize lines, if they're telling no. you before a scene, we need you to talk about this, that's kind of being scripted because you're just, you're, you might not be memorizing lines, but you're being told what to talk about. Yeah. And, and it's people a, just don't get it's that. It's a for sure storyline. Yeah. I, you know, and even back to back to my OG Kelly Ho, the reason why is the fir- I was the first kiss and it was a peck. And I remember them pulling me aside and it was the first night and they said, okay, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go around the back. You're going to steal Bob from so-and-so and you're going to pull him over here. We'll have cameras ready. And I was like, okay. Cause I was planning on, you know, for me, I was like, well, that's not, they're not telling you what to do. And I would like to actually like sit down and talk to him. I was like, I can't promise you I'm going to kiss him, but I'll, I'll go talk to him. Cause I hadn't talked to him since, cause his mom had come that first night. Mm-hmm. and I was just one of the girls that she wasn't talking to. So I was like, well, I haven't talked because, you know, the first night is so long and I talked to him once and then hadn't spoken with him. So I'm like, sure, if this is going to get me a way to sit with him, yeah, I'll try. <laughs> so I guess in a way too, I had a way of somewhat being manipulative too, I guess, because if I, if they didn't get what they want, I still at least got some time with him. Were you the first hot tub girl that particular season a hundred percent every single scene i think they aired of me i I was in a hot tub and what what did you say on the vice show you said look i know i had i had a i had great boobs and a great butt didn't you say that on the vice show yeah for sure i was 23 i look at the my body back then and now and i'm like oh man thank god it was the hot tub check I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because obviously hot tubs are, are a part of this show and now they're bringing them like they'll be in a French, they'll be in a French countryside and all of a sudden a hot tub is going to pop up and these two and the and the lead and his date will will hop into it. But yeah, back oh, then, same Steve, thing. We were in the middle of the snowy wilderness in Alaska and somehow they put one of those mini keg hot tubs in the middle of nowhere and there I went. Oh, so <laughs> right you, in. you had oh, so you had on your overnight date. In Alaska, you had, you uh-huh. had a hot tub. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was also a jacuzzi in our suite. It's it, everywhere I went. I was like, oh, hot tub. Here yeah. we go. Wow. 
Uh, they would tell me, make sure that you always make sure you pack your bathing suit. I'm like, oh, okay. Here I go again. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember? By the way, do you remember how many how many bikinis or bathing suits did you pack for your for that uh, for that season? I only packed two, but I remember one of the sponsors had shown up and they had baskets full for oh. us because one of our dates was a pool party. Yeah. And this this sponsor somewhere locally, they it was hundreds of bathing suits. So I think I went home with probably ten. <laughs> and the, and they it did- was I, that was probably one of the highlights of my show was going through all the boxes, and the girls are like, "This is like Christmas, bro." <laughs> well, the other the other thing is you don't want to repeat bathing suits on the same season. I mean, my gosh, you would never want well, to. Well, not so. if not if you're the hot tub girl. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. So you had all. So every time you were in a hot tub, totally different bathing suit. So. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. That's. <laughs> That's classic. Um, so, you know, the show ends and you talked about, you know, you were possibly going to be the bachelorette. Then it's pulled out from underneath you and Meredith season happens at that point. Once let's just say Meredith season is done airing. Obviously, there was no DM sliding back then. There was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. There was no Instagram. But there were I think people had a way of getting in touch with other people from the franchise. Did you ever um, you know, you, like you said, you went to a, a charity event and, you know, Jamie was there. Did you ever by any chance yeah. date anybody else from the franchise, uh, post show? No, I didn't. Hmm. Yeah, no, I didn't. Only because right away, um, the, the guy that I was, that I had seen right before going on the show had reached out to me and now he's my husband. So I lucked out. Look I do. <laughs> I know. Um, he, he snagged me before anybody else did. So, um, yeah, I had met him right before the show and it was just kind of like he had signed his first hockey deal in Europe and I was going to do this crazy show and I couldn't disclose what I was doing, but I knew kind of if our paths crossed again, it would be awesome. And then once I found out that the bachelorette had fallen through, um, he had reached out to me and he's like, Hey, do you want to come to Europe for a bit? And I wanted to get away after all of it. And so I went to Europe. My mom was a flight attendant. So I was able to go on standby and go see about a boy. And that was, that was my version of my bachelorette show is going to find my, my man who is now my forever man. I was going to say, <laughs> and now you are 17 years married. Is that what you said? Yeah. Going on it. That's for sure. And we have two healthy kids and we, uh, yeah, I'm really happy. So that's great. The path of everything from Bachelor to The Bachelorette falling through to obviously finding my happiness was all meant to be. And, and I am a true believer of that. I think that's why originally I was like, why not? Why wouldn't I go on a reality show and try to find love? It sounds fun. And it, it was so much fun. And how old are your children? They're 16 and 14. Okay, so they're... Two girls. Two girls in high school, and you are living now. You said you're living in Canada. You're living in Calgary, correct? Yes. How have you been yes. there the whole the whole yes. time you've been married? Have you been in Canada? No, we lived in Europe when my husband played professional hockey. So we lived in Europe for most of the time oh. during the eight months of his hockey season, and then during the summers we would stay in in um, Canada. Did he ever play in the NHL or no? It was always overseas. Yes. Yeah, he did. He played for the Montreal Canadiens and the New York Islanders, but this nice. was before I knew him. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. What a, I mean, 
like I said, the fact that, you know, when we, when we first, before we started recording, we're talking about the fact that I'm looking up Bob's season and I'm like, I cannot believe that, uh, that Bob's season aired <laughs> in, you know, October. Well, it started in September, September 24th, 2003 was the first episode. Yeah. I mean, and it, it and I know 20 this, years ago, that's 20 years ago, this thing aired. And, you know, and like I said, there's no, Bob's season is nowhere to be found. I don't think there's anything on the internet. The hell, the, the fact that Vice even had, you know, video footage of your season. I was like, where are they getting this from? Because I can't find this yeah, season anywhere. That, that blew me away, too, seeing some of the old footage. And I can only find it off of some old stuff that I had recorded years ago. Yeah. So it's it was just, it was very, very interesting to me how they found it. But they have their ways, that's for sure. <laughs> By the way, have your daughters ever seen it? Have you ever showed them the old tapes? What do they think of it? Or they've never seen it or they have no I've idea mommy's shown, done this? I've shown them some footage. And, of course, they saw some of the footage of the Vice TV. And they were like, oh, my gosh, Mom, you sounded so gross. <laughs> there was one scene of, like, the kissing. And they are like, oh, my God, turn it off. Turn it off. I can't. And I think I said something super cheesy along the lines like, He's the one. He's everything I've been looking for. And yeah. my one daughter was like, this is so cringy. I cannot. <laughs> and they talk about having Riz now. And they're like, oh, Mom, yeah. you had no Riz. You had no Riz. I was like, oh, my gosh. Did you not see that I was the runner up? Come on. I had to have some Riz. Yeah. At least hot tub Riz. <laughs> <laughs> hot tub Riz. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what it would be called right about now. Yeah. No, I've got a, I've got a niece know. that's roughly their age a little bit older and yeah riz is now the thing as opposed to i guess i guess when we were that age because i think you and i are roughly around the same age when we were that age it was i don't know you had game i mean that's kind of what it was it's kind of the same thing the only thing i've tried to compare it to is you've got game i'm like i had lots of hot tub game back then come on that's funny that you i it sucks you know it almost sucks that there's not like a a full season where they can actually sit down there and watch like all nine episodes and everything that you went through. I mean, but do you watch the? Do you still keep in touch with the show? Do you watch the show religiously or no? You know what? The last one I watched halfway through was the Gabby and Rachel. Cause I was in a bachelorette pool oh, Okay. and then I ended up, <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of it. So I'm like, I can't watch this anymore. I feel so bad for the guys <laughs> and the girls. Um, I think I can't even remember which one I've watched in its like entirety. I just I'm so busy at night with my girls and all of their sports and everything right now that I haven't had time to keep up with the show. But I think the one that I watched was with oh I'm drawing a blank the blonde and then the brunette who are married and have kids now. The blonde lead was the guy Chad I think Sean Sean oh Sean and yeah Sean and Catherine yes. That's the last one I watched in its full entirety, which I actually really liked. And then I watched the last part of Ben Higgins. Okay. And then I watched, oh gosh, what is it? I'm drawing a blank and I shouldn't. Um, oh, what's her name? She was so, so she took over for Claire. She's so gorgeous. She did such a good job. Oh, Tasha. That was during COVID. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, yes, and my mom still watches it all of the time in its entirety, which is so cute. So we were at, we were in Florida with my mom, and me and the girls watched the finale of Tasia's, and like 
that uh, was such a sweet proposal. I'm like, now that's beautiful. Now <laughs> this is what it's about. Obviously, they've broken up, but um, I loved, I loved that the ending of that show. I didn't get to see the the beginning part with like how it ended up with Claire or anything, but yeah. Yes, it still sucks you in. Oh, yeah. You can't take that away from it. It really sucks you in. And there's there's a full-on understanding. Like, there's still people that when they find out that I, you know, was on the show back then, they're like, oh, my gosh, I watched it. And they're like, you had, like, a short bob haircut. And it's just funny how much they remember. And it's 20 years ago. And it's it's just it's still there. Like it doesn't go away, even though I'm in Canada and everybody talks about it still every once in a while, or people want to know the details of everything. And it's just one of those things that's still a part of my life, but it was so far. It's been so long and it's been so far away. And that's when, when vice TV called, I just said, well, sure, I'll go out and talk about it. And I knew it was going to be more about the nitty gritty. And then when I chatted with um, some of the other producers that weren't involved and, what they were asked. I mean, it's not something that not every, like most people should know that most reality TV shows now are based on some manipulation and of course a storyline. Yeah. Well, the other thing that happened on your season that would never happen now is the fact that Bob got to give Estella a a, a promise ring, you know, that just, yeah, they would never do that. I mean, it's basically, it's, now granted you'll get the occasional season where they don't end up engaged at the end, but that's, yeah. Very few and far between and basically every bachelorette has been proposed to outside of one. So I mean that's right. what the show is going for. They're going for that romance factor. And look, if they, I mean I I look at it from a television production standpoint where they're like, look, if our fan base is going to dedicate 11 weeks and, you know, tune in every Monday night for 2 hours to get to the end and then just have a guy say like, "Hey, can we keep seeing each other?" It, the payoff it that's not romantic enough like i get it but i get why they force an engagement essentially upon these people because to say at the end like oh i want to keep dating you that's just not that's not a good payoff and but it also means that the engagements while they are real engagements they really don't mean anything because your relationship doesn't start until the show ends and we've seen so many yeah. fall apart right away because you're just like okay now i get to actually really know this person not the person they presented themselves to be on television for you know the month and a half <laughs> so yeah i mean it's totally it's crazy crazy i mean if you, yeah. you would have been picking yeah, that people, promise ring, people, yeah and that's for me i'm like that's what i said i'm like it's still a harry winston promise ring <laughs> <laughs> that's true they didn't have Neil Lane back then. Maybe what did Estella really get a Harry Winston ring? Was it? Was that Harry Winston one? I think so. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, our our sit downs were with Harry Winston in Beverly Hills. Okay, then yeah, it probably so, was. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think it was like a typical, just simple collateral ring. I think it was a full blown big old diamond. <laughs> That's nice. Um, so yeah. So what have you been up to? Obviously, you've been married and kids, but. Um, and, and, you know, what have you been up to since the show? What are your daughters into? I know you said they're into sports. Just kind of fill everybody in on what you've done post-show. Yeah, so for a while I was a stay-at-home mom, obviously, um, hockey wife, until my husband retired. So then we set up roots here in Calgary, and I started my kind of entrepreneurial journey. I'm in the beauty industry, so I'm a hair and makeup stylist. Mm. And then I also um, have a skincare company with Rodan and Fields. 
and I'm dabbling in um, some other entrepreneurial endeavors as well. And my kids are keeping me busy, but that's why I kind of like working for myself is because I can work around them and still be present because they're not going to be here much longer. They might go off and do some crazy reality show like I did. (laughs) Let's just just say your oldest or even both came to you and said, Mom, I want to apply to go on The Bachelor in, you know, the United States. Would you let them do it? Listen, I can't hold them back. They have to go and make their own path. So their decisions would have to be, obviously, if that's what they want to do, I would support them. I think I'm the best mom to help them get through that because I've experienced it. But would I want them to do it now? I guess only because of the platform that they could have to pursue other dreams alongside. I see so many of these girls and couples that go on even the bachelor in paradise and they do really good things. And I think that is applaudable for using the platform of a reality show, a love reality show for the good is the outcome, which I think is outstanding. So if my kids could follow in that path, absolutely. I wouldn't want them to just be kind of stuck in the franchise forever and keep doing that. And that's the only thing they do. I would love them to do good things, but of course I'd say yes. I mean, my daughter watches Too Hot to Handle, and she's like, I'm going on that. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> that show is too much for a mom to watch. Yeah, no, that's a little bit. I mean, you talk I about I can handle romantic dates. And, yes, I can handle romantic dates and stuff like that. And, you know, in the end, it's still a good show. It is still heartfelt. You just have to have your wits about you, and you have to just portray yourself how you want to portray. If you're not a good person, you probably will be portrayed as not a good person. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, we've seen so many people and the edits over the years. It's it's it, while they can really have fun with the editing part of it. I think still you have to give them for the most part material to work with. And um, yeah, we've seen, we've seen how it's worked out for some people and, <laughs> And others where it hasn't worked out particularly well. But, uh, Kelly Joe, thank you so much uh, for coming on. I really Yay. appreciate it. Love taking a trip down memory lane, talking to old school contestants. Have fun out there in Canada. Congratulations on everything that's been going on in your life for the last 20 years since this show. And I really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You got it. Thank you so much, Kelly Joe, for coming on. Always fun to take a trip down memory lane and talk old school bachelor, bachelorette seasons. As I said in the beginning of this podcast, so ridiculous that the Vice show had to focus on me calling her Kelly Ho back in the day. And as you heard me say, it was just like, it's not because she was literally having sex on camera because she certainly wasn't, you know, like... (laughs) This was the early going of reality TV. This was 2003. So a girl getting into a hot tub, like the fact that I called a girl getting into a hot tub numerous times with a guy, a hoe, just goes to show where I was in my maturity level uh, back then. Uh, but yeah, just I, I just can't believe they focused on that. But it is what it is. Uh, I thank her for you know coming on and you know taking a joke with that. And hell, I didn't really. I mean. She didn't even know at the time I was writing that about her, which is even crazier. Uh, I figured that would get back to her, but apparently not. Um, 
Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow along and follow me on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review if you can. Obviously, um, I will be back tomorrow with yet another daily roundup. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.